welcome to the latest edition of the Manchester is Red podcast. As the International Week draws to a conclusion, finally, I'm joined by Manchester United correspondent James Robson and also by Manchester Evening News uh, football writer Charlotte Dunker, who has got a slight voice issue this week. So don't, don't be put off by it at all. She's still happy to talk. She's still manfully continuing. Can we uh, check the levels? Yeah, my voice is gone. This is a big improvement as to what it's been like for the last two days, but I'm just going to go with it. I've been called many things which we're not going to go into on this podcast, but you can only imagine. But we're going to give it a go anyway. If I go totally silent, you know what's happened. <laughs> uncanny Nigella Lawson impression, there, as, as, as another colleague said. Uh, looking ahead to this week now, we've got the Newcastle game uh, coming up. There has been a fair bit going on United wise and I suppose it's relevant that we start with the Fellaini issue which has come out say where um, whereby he's projected an offer of a contract United are refusing selling him in January um, they're, you know, they're, they're risking letting him go on a free in the summer but they want to keep him Mourinho gets on well with him What do you, do you think they're doing the right thing? It's, it's one of those I, I wonder whether it, if United want to keep someone then they keep him. So if they offer him enough money, he's going to stay. I, th I think it's a, a pretty sad indictment if, with the greatest respect to Turkish football, um, a player says they don't want to stay at Manchester United yeah, and go to Turkey. So with that, yes, United have offered him a contract. My feelings on it are, if they really wanted him, then they'll offer enough to keep him. Now with that, that now that raises the question of, do they need him? Should they pay what it would require to keep him? I would look at that and say, in the current market, how much is it going to cost to replace Fellaini? For a player who comes in, basically, if Pog was injured, Fellaini's the next choice. How much would it cost to bring a player like that in in the summer? That's, I mean, on a kind of, um, not a separate note, but similarly to it, United's probably going to need a midfielder next summer anyway because Pereira and Matic are both in their late 20s. Carrick's United career is kind of petering out now. I know he's injured uh, if Fellaini goes as well, th there's even an argument for two there. Pereira is an option, but he's not played very much English football at all. And that area, which used to be a bit of a bugbear for United fans, but has been addressed, it, all of a sudden it does look like it needs you know, some fresh legs mm. in there, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, you would say, like you say, probably two. Yeah. But, you know, if, like I say, if, if Fellaini stays, then you'd say at least one, one but yeah. maybe... Because I know there's a lot of hope around someone like Pereira, and I, and I get that, and United fans would want to see someone like that given a chance. But if they lose Carrick next summer, and they lose Fellaini, and Pereira is the one, you'd think you're putting a lot of faith mm, in, in a young, in a young man. Think he wouldn't be brought in as the first choice, though, would he? Like, the United need to go and spend big. What's been evident, obviously, while Paul Pogba's been out injured, is that they need to strengthen in that position. If... Even if Fellaini doesn't go, like you say, they still they still need to buy someone in as a solid backup for if Pogba goes. So if you bring Pereira back and you're buying somebody else, does it really matter as much if Fellaini, if Fellaini goes? If he's not interested in staying, if all he's interested in is the money and United aren't prepared to give him that money, then maybe United should have just cashed in on, in, on him in January. But then you've got that risky, because United don't like to do much business in January, you've then got that risky second half of the season haven't you because obviously he's proved to be a yeah. use, useful player I can understand why they're risking just him going on a free 
even if they don't resolve their contract issues in the end they think we're not prepared to pay you that much money let him go on a free at the end of the season and then they've got the whole summer to work out what they are going to do in midfield because it's not just him that they're going to have to replace like you say they're definitely going to have to bring one in well he owes them nothing does he you can let him go for nothing at the end of the season yeah. and not think you've you've lost anything in terms of a financial thing that so you can understand the idea of we'll take that risk um, just to keep him this season um, it, again it's just I, I come back to the point if they really want him then they pay the money don't they really yeah I mean the, the understanding is that if an opportunity arises for United to buy a player in January they will go for it but they trot that line out pretty much every year and their feeling is that as they showed with the Schneidlin and Memphis deals clubs do become desperate at that time of the year and they're the ones who capitalise on it because they obtain good fees for them pretty inflated fees considering their, their stock at the time um, there's not likely to be anyone readily available for that role there have been some players have been talked about like Soler and um, the Portuguese lad as well last week but you know, Mourinho said last season that last year he wants specialists and the calibre of players United went after in the summer is he, is he likely to get a specialist of that level mm. I heard um, uh, I think it was reported in Spain recently Sol Niguez uh, yeah. in terms of like a, I suppose a goal scoring midfielder dynamic you, as you, well yeah. you can see it and far more dynamic than, than a Fellaini yeah. um, I heard Fellaini described in a brilliant way recently he was described as a weapon <laughs> that sounds like the sort of thing you'd say to someone in the playground doesn't it yeah. but it, it was definitely meant as a compliment and he is he, and I'd see what the what the person was getting at he is a weapon for Mourinho to use who will actually do damage which is kind of where I come back to the point of how much does it cost to bring in someone who you can guarantee because you put Flaney on he makes a difference doesn't he I know he has his, his lovers and his haters but he does make a difference um, how many players fit that description how much would it cost to get them well, I mean, say Pogba's not fit for the weekend, does Fellaini go back in the team for you? Well, he would for me, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. and you as yeah, well, yeah. with Herrera coming out. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. playing he's well recently. No. I, I wonder with Fellaini if... Because I, I, I just can't help but feel there's an issue here of United thinking there could be a, a convenient parting of the ways mm. here. Uh, let his contract run down, he's had a decent United career, he's done a job. I wonder if... There's, a, there's an element of just the way he looks. I said, I'm not talking about physically how he looks. I'm talking about what it says about a football team that's got Fellaini in it. You know, Fellaini wouldn't be in a Pep Guardiola team. He wouldn't be in Barcelona. No, would he? he's in a or, bit or, long or, and ho exactly. hope team. And then, so it's a case of image, isn't it? Uh, and I, <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And I just wonder if, is, there's also this thing, he is that... So he's like the final link back to David Moyes as well, isn't he? That sort of he's definitely stigmatised yeah. by that. Well, Unfairly, I'd say. You heard that they're saying um, West Ham. Obviously, the West Ham rumours have started up now after yeah. the after today's stories have broken yeah. that Moyes is going to take him back. But what are the chances of Moyes actually being at West Ham in the summer? It, it, exactly. if, if if that did happen, then you know United should say, yeah, you can go there. If you're going to go to that level for that amount of money, then. There's, there's no point even trying it. Yeah. If a player is of that mindset, yeah. and that's the suggestion that his, his advisors haven't been, they're not necessarily doing things in his best interest, and in, in that set from the footballing um, point of view. But what does help inflame is what is in his favour is that he has a very good rapport with Mourinho. And it's interesting recently how at press conferences, unprompted, for like uh, Mourinho will be asked about something like Luke Shaw's contract. 
you say, I don't care about him, which everyone knows he doesn't really care about him. You say, I'm worried about Fellaini. And after the Chelsea game, he says how fantastic Fellaini is. That, you know, I don't think Fellaini's stock has ever been higher at United. Um, and the fact that Mourinho is trotting out those lines, that's that's going to cause a bit of a ruckus mm. there if Fellaini does go. And it's quite clear that the manager has, has wanted to certainly doing his utmost to keep him that's what I feel I, th- I feel like it's a case Mourinho really wants him but he's not the one who's in control of offering money Yeah. and you wonder if there are other people at the club who don't want him as much as Mourinho I wonder if maybe there's just a part of you take him out of the club and therefore Mourinho can't use him anymore yeah. and again because he is associated with a type of football United fans don't want to be associated with a type of football that is unsexy for someone like Edward Wood to sell abroad Um and I just wonder if, once he's gone, would they actually replace him like for like? Probably not. You know, like you were saying yeah. before, maybe a more dynamic midfielder, some more, someone more in keeping with what Manchester United yeah. are about. And this might just be an easy way of doing it. So no blame, because United have made the offer. He didn't want it. There's no blame. He can go. We're not forcing him out in January. But maybe he's just not part of the long-term plan. doesn't fit the image of what United want to be. Well, no, because like you said, if they really did want him, they'd just pay the money, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Um, I mean, with with Mourinho, there's there has been some rancor going on in terms of he he feels he wants more back from the transfer market, uh, from United in the transfer market. You look at what's what's counting against him at the moment is obviously what Guardiola's doing at City, and that's always going to irritate him. And I think Guardiola has spent roughly around hundred million pounds more than Mourinho in two successive summers, uh, just on initial fees alone. And that that sum alone was pretty much invested in City's fullbacks, who have had a major impact in how they've you know, become this force this season and eight points clear. Um, do you think United do need to be giving him more funds, or do you think this is just nitpicking from Mourinho's perspective? I think he's very savvy in what he does. You know, he's doing it for a reason, isn't he? And he's yeah. doing it to, oh. obviously to provoke a reaction, um, which is what I think a lot of this PSG talk's going to be like, oh, unless you give me the money, like other people want me, I, I'm going to leave. But I think United do need more money and they need a couple of like, what you'd say, like world-class players to come in. Um, I was looking at it the other day because obviously everyone's been saying, um, you know, I need another playmaker so that when like Pogba's injured, there's somebody else. But it just gets you thinking about the right wing. And especially when you think about corners and stuff, it just becomes an expectation that United are not going to clear the first man with a corner. And if you go back like 10 years, you'd, you'd never ever think that. Every time United got a corner, you'd be thinking, oh, they've got a decent chance of scoring here. Free kicks are the same, whereas now you just think you're not filled with joy that this is going to be like a yeah. last gasp opportunity to like grab a winner. So I think they just need a really good crosser of the ball. There was a remarkable moment in the Chelsea game where Rashford took a corner and it did hit the first man, we yeah. got another one. Then he gestured as if to say, move along that way. Mm-hmm. But it was like, it reminded me a bit, Giggs used to do that as well. He was yeah, infamous like for crap corners yeah. um, that would hit the first man, but then he'd tell them what to do and everything. Um, I suppose the, the irony of it is that at the start of the season, United were scoring quite a few goals from crosses. But yeah. your point, Charlotte, about the right wing is a very relevant one because there has been all this talk about, you know, they were going for Perisic and he played the majority of last season on the left wing. But Marshall and Rashford have done pretty well yeah. there. You look on the right wing going on Saturday, say if they were to change formation to 4-2-3-1, it's, it's either Matt or Lingard. There's there. no natural... I don't personally think there's 
no natural right winger like you say you'd no, automatically no for the left you'd be like oh who are we going to choose we're going to choose Marshall or Rash Rashford on the right you're just picking people and playing them out of position like, yeah. Mata isn't a right winger you put Rashford on there he doesn't look as comfortable on the right wing Lingard like you said well some of the United fans don't like him but he's, play- he's probably better he's, in the centre as well yeah he's he, he's not natural out there Mkhitaryan obviously his last few games haven't been great but he's better playing in number 10 than he yeah. is out on the right so you've got no natural right winger you're just playing someone out of position which isn't the same on the left I, I struggle to sympathise with the United manager complaining about money because you know they have generally the highest wage bill yeah. anyway that's which is a huge thing um, and also he's had a lot of money to spend yeah. but but I do agree with the idea that he needs to spend more yeah. um, I, I look at it and I just see that squad and I think there's a lot of flab in it and maybe that would provide more money you know I, you, well, I think I counted it up last week he's got was it four or five options at left back, and none yeah. of them are actually what you'd want, unless Luke Shaw. Certainly not. Well, Luke Shaw is not what he wants yeah. anyway. Um, but you know, if they if, if they would sign Danny Rose, what they'd take it to five or six, and you kind of think, well, you don't need that many. No. And the reason why you've got them is that really none of them are ideal for that or for another position. And you, so I'm, I'm thinking Rojo, Blind, Darmian, um, yeah. Ashley Young, uh, Luke Shaw. You're thinking, well, you don't. None of those are ideal, are they? No. In any position, none no. of those are ideal. Um, so I, th- I think, I feel like Mourinho, rather than it being a case of not being given enough money, I think he's just paying for the mistakes made over, well, since Fergie left, basically. There was just a mess of the transfer strategy since Fergie left. And he's focused it in the past two summers, and there's been a clear improvement of the squad. But he was a long way behind City, already and Guardiola has been given more money to make that City squad even better and I just think that's what he's paying for at the moment um, so I, but I, I struck I mean like for instance when you talk about corners well, that, that, the manager's got to be able to train people to well, cross better corners, I, I, anyway. I have no idea I have no idea but I can't believe that Rashford because he's a really skillful player can't deliver a corner yeah you know I, this that becomes a training ground issue. It's, it's no excuse not being able to cross a, a dead ball as a professional footballer. It has been kind of like a, a recurring joke that you go, you go to United and you have the, co- the crossing coached out of you. Because Ashley Young used to be a pretty. Mm. I mean, he still is to a certain extent, but I mean, he should be taking corners, for instance, instead. And I think when you go back to his first season, I remember Carrick took some corners United actually scored from them but then they decided to because he was six foot plus mm. use him as a threat and I think he's only ever scored one one head of United um, on the right wing a guy who always still keeps on getting brought up no matter what his situation is Bale I think he'll be 29 next summer would he be worth a punt on still I think there are certain players who are worth, worth it um, I think it wouldn't be so much of a financial risk because of the the, the commercial marketing. I think yeah. he'd, he'd make his money back. The only concern is this: he, he has a lot of injuries, doesn't he? He's missed, well, he's missed yeah. forty out of the last sixty La Liga yeah. games he, through injury. Can you take, you know, can you take that that risk? Has has the chance gone? I, I don't know. If he could prove his fitness, then I would say definitely because I just think he could be awesome. But um, wasn't it a case with? Was it Robin before he went to Bayern? He was pretty injury prone. Well, when he left Chelsea, he was pretty injury prone, wasn't he? Well, he. I thought at the time with that Ronaldo deal, I I couldn't for the life of me understand why United didn't say, 
give us all this money and we will have Robin and we'll have Snyder yeah. as well. Yeah. I have no idea why they didn't that do that because they could have they could have effectively had at least one of them on the three. And and Robin is still a pretty electric footballer mm-hmm. and you know I mean you could still imagine him doing a job for United now uh, possibly. Um, but moving away from the transfer side of things and to what's been going on in the internationals, it's been quite a good time for United and that even though Jones got injured, it doesn't look too serious. He should be all right for the weekend. Um, some particular highlights being the Marshall dribble. And if, you, if you've not seen it on, on Twitter or an illegal stream, it's well worth finding his assist for Lacazette's goal. But not that we're condoning, not that, yeah, not that we're condoning it at all. Now. You've got to be... Uh, yeah, you've... You won't be able to find it on any so, Manchester United news channel. No, 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 absolutely not. It'll, it it might just get randomly retweeted onto your timeline, mm-hmm. um, but it is worth giving uh, him some credit because we've given him so much flack. Uh, Victor Lindelof, mm-hmm. who has not just uh, kept Griezmann quiet, he's gone on to help Sweden eliminate uh, the Netherlands and now Italy from the World Cup. If Mourinho were to keep was to keep um, a back three at the weekend. Would that be the right time to bring him into the team? Well, his confidence couldn't be higher. Yeah. Could it? You know, if uh, if you're not confident after knocking out Italy, then you never will be. Um, it would just be a case of how much he's been able to work with the other two he'd been about three with. That's the that's the only question, mm. isn't it? Um, for me, he doesn't get into a back four for United right now. No. I think um, I think Bailly and Jones and and probably Smallings ahead of him as well. Um, which some people might find hard to believe, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, an example of how much Lindelof just hasn't impressed, isn't yeah. it, really? Um, yeah, but I suppose a bat three is a way to ease someone in, isn't it? Because you've got two people holding his hand. Yeah. So. You've got Champions League next week, though. Even mm. in, you can ease him back in in that. Yeah. Because United are on the verge of basically nearly qualifying. Mm. Not saying that he should only play in games that don't matter, but Newcastle away isn't... At oh, home. at home, not away, sorry. It's not obviously they they're they're back. They're going to want to prove a point. I just think that they should leave him for the Champions League because he's been playing him in that as well, hasn't he? And there's been a couple of dodgy dodgy moments, but apart from that, he, he has done all right to be honest in the in the Champions League. I thought when he's done that, and like you say, he's going to be full of confidence. So I leave it till Wednesday, is it? I think the Champions League. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it ball away. Yeah. yeah. There's less room for manoeuvre, I suppose, in the Premier League, isn't it? Because United. Just can't afford to make a misstep no, yeah. bet- between now. They and need to build up momentum. To, yeah. yeah, as you say, that City game on um, the tenth of December and the week before mm-hmm. that, they play Arsenal away in the Premier League as well. Um, Lindelof obviously had a very good week. Another one is Romelu Lukaku, who kept up his flat track bully tag by scoring against Mexico mm-hmm. and and Japan. Uh, he's gone, I think, seven games now mm. United without scoring. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be dropped because there's no real alternative there um, I mean is, is it are the, are the goals just going to come again naturally do you I think, think so I think cause, you know, we've all seen these these horrible barren run strikers go on we've all seen them over the years and so many times they'll involve just horrible misses and you think you're almost praying for the ball not to go to them in the area because yeah. it, it, you can't bear seeing them miss again I don't think that's been the case with him has it he's just not had the ball you know, what was it Chelsea game? Didn't get a touch. Yeah, he's not inside the area. He's not been getting the chances, yeah. has he? Which goes back to the whole Pogba thing. Yeah. It goes back Liverpool, to Liverpool, maybe. Yeah. Well, well yeah, he should. Yeah, he should have scored. Pretty much made himself, didn't he? That one. It was a good build-up. Was yeah. it? Was it Martial and Mkhitaryan? They played it into him. I think. 
But aside from that one, if you take those seven games where he hasn't scored out, there's not there's not many there that are glaring saying like he should have scored no. or no. Well, even now he forced a save. Yeah. yeah. So um, you think it's not been a, like a Rashford header miss no. at Chelsea or anything like that. No. It just that it, this run doesn't feel um, particularly representative of the way he's playing. If he yeah. was if he was having a, a you know it, I, I'm not saying he's been brilliant during that period, but I just think he's he's suffered from United's just lack of creativity over that period. It's been more of a team issue than a Lukaku issue. Um, and I suppose with Belgium, it was just an example of what happens if you give him chances. If you give him chances, he scores goals. Yeah. I mean, that first, I don't know if you've seen the first one against Mexico. It was, didn't, it was no. hilarious. It was a, it was a, he tried to control it in the six-yard box. I think it bounced off his hip, then off his knee. He ran after it to try to get it under control again, but it crossed the line before he could. So it was an absolutely comedy goal. But sometimes that's what you need. You need to go off your backside, off your nose, rear. Yeah. His second goal against Mexico was a really nice, flicked finish, um, and maybe that was that's it. That's you know that's made the difference. It, it does. I mean, one of my favourite descriptions of Gabriel Jesus is that he's a tap-in merchant, but that is the benefit of having a team that's in full flow. It's yeah, got just handing diff- it to you on a plate. Yeah, oh, yeah. different outlets: Aguero, De Bruyne, Silva, and that goes without mentioning the the two wingers who've been excellent this season as well. Um, Lukaku would score a ton for City. Yeah, you'd have thought so. You'd have thought so. Um, Obviously, it's Newcastle this weekend. Are you expecting anything different? I mean, Mourinho had that massive... It was almost as if he looked at that period between the October and November internationals and thought, this is a really tough period. I'm going to go into my conflict mode. Mm -hmm. United's run between now and certainly the Arsenal game for the rest of the month. It's it's, it's pretty kind to them. Um, Is it just going back to basics, the 4-2-3-1 at the start of the season? It's a case, I suppose, of um, how much of an eye he's got on the Arsenal and City games, yeah. isn't it? And just how much risk he takes going into those, just thinking maybe he's just got to grind out results. It, you, you worry about Mourinho at this point because, firstly, we don't ever see him chase, do we? That, that's, that's something. What's this going to bring out of him? Is he going to go hell for leather? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, is he going to be more cautious? I kind of get the feeling he he will. Do you um, think he needs to be cautious against Newcastle? I also don't think he needs to be. I also don't think he probably will. So I just don't think he will want to risk. Because he wasn't cautious points. against Chelsea, was he? Like he changed his the whole the whole tact, which was, I thought after watching United boring, boring for their like two weeks, I thought that Chelsea game just went so quick. Obviously, because both teams were going for it and attacking, and I know United obviously ended up losing, which isn't what Mourinho would have wanted. But if he plays that sort of football against. Newcastle, there should be no reason why United can't go. You know, like they're winning four 0 at the start of the season. If he goes for that attacking football again, they should be able to do that against Newcastle. Well, I, I take your point that he wasn't as cautious against Chelsea, but he it wasn't it wasn't the Liverpool game. But I wouldn't exactly say it was um, letting the horses run free, as no. he said before. If Lukaku's not getting a touch in the opposition box, and he's not been that offensive, has he? I, no. I, I just think with Mourinho. Well, like I say, this is an area that we've not seen, this chasing. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I just think he is, he is naturally more cautious than offensive. I think, for instance, if this was Klopp or Guardiola in, in the game, it would probably be a case of, right, let's go and batter Newcastle. With Mourinho, I'm just thinking, we can't lose two games on the trot, or we can't drop more points ahead of the City, so maybe just make sure we don't lose again, and we're at home, we will create more chances, they'll make a mistake, we'll win. 
I'm hoping it's more attacking. I'm going to be there. <laughs> just saying. Well, yes. You're all really excited now for the game, James. Thanks. I know. That. I know. The um, do do you think the the manner of that Chelsea defeat in that there was not not gung ho, but there was certainly a, a positive intent from them. But the way they got swamped in midfield and how Mkhitaryan went missing and everything. Do you think you'll just look at that and think? That just proves me right. The mm. whole pragmatism thing I use in these big six mm. games is completely justified because you would rather avoid defeat than go hell for leather and lose a game. Yeah, I think... I, I mean, I, I can't say that I watched Chelsea um, uh, uh, so closely because obviously I work in this, mm. in this area covering United and City. But the la- that last title winning season for Chelsea, um, it was the game against Tottenham, wasn't it, that people who do watch Chelsea a lot said... It, that just sparked a complete change in him when they got beat by Tottenham. Yeah. Was it after Christmas? Yeah. Um, and from then on, it was a case of no, we're gonna we're gonna grind our way out. And they they started the season pretty excitingly, Chelsea. And then it was a case of right, we've got the lead, and we're gonna just I'm not yeah. gonna risk losing to Tottenham like that again. And I wonder if that Chelsea game for United will be like say that it will just say to him, no, I was right, I was right. And, and that know, Tottenham it, game was the start of this. I think it, was it the start? It might have been the start of this run of his poor record in big mm. six games away from home where he's, they've not won well he's not won away at mm. a big six side since November 2014 I think yeah I suppose, and I suppose if you're looking if you're looking through Mourinho's eyes now they've had three big games over that last period haven't they um, and he's done it his way against Liverpool and Tottenham and they got four points from a possible six and has been criticised something rotten he goes more attacking against Chelsea and he gets no points and they're now eight points behind City. I'd, I don't think he would look at it and say, oh, if I'd been more attacking against Liverpool, then I wouldn't have gone into that game five points behind City. I think he will say, you know, maybe we would have got a draw or even nicked a win. We wouldn't be eight points behind now. It is a long way off still, but that derby that, that is coming up, I mean, we're hopeful that they're going to be a bit closer together just for the purposes of uh, being neutral, I suppose. But his approach in that game, I mean, he, he seemed to be caught between two stalls at Chelsea whereby he did have three defenders on the pitch but they were very attacking and the midfield was quite loose that one is that going to be the acid test for him this season well, that game against City <clears throat> I don't think he'll be caught between two stalls no, he's got to be he's quite decisive he's going to one park he's, a lorry never yeah, mind the bus it's going to be we cannot afford to lose this game Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that will come down to like the Chelsea game I don't think he's got the players to do what he wants to do, no. and that's the problem. Um, you know, in that Chelsea game, you may be thinking, who's someone who can create something out of nothing? And Rashford's not there yet, is he? Um, Lukaku isn't that type of player. Lukaku needs service. That's the sort of player Marshall he is. Was a sub as well. And again, he, he again sporadically he can do it. He doesn't do it all the time. You know, a name we throw up a lot is someone like Griezmann, but Griezmann is that type of player who. You can sit tight and then he'll do something. Pogba's that type of player who maybe he wouldn't have scored it, but he would have created for Rashford yeah. or, or Lukaku. Um, his great Chelsea teams, Drogba would do something out of nothing. Um, Lampard would do something out of nothing uh, in the old days when they had Robin. You, you yeah. know, this United team hasn't got that. Maybe he thought Mkhitaryan would, would, be, would be that player. I don't think he ever is going to be. Um, 
I've just not been convinced by him. I know you're more of a fan than, of him than I am. Yeah, uh, the, 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 I'd, I'd just like to go on record and say I apologise for the rating at Chelsea where I somehow ended up giving him a 6 out of 10. It was, it was, that was completely wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I just don't think he's got those players. He's got players that can set up and get a draw against Liverpool away from home. Probably would have got a draw away from home against Chelsea. I don't think he's got enough players who can play that system and then suddenly turn it in an instant. Um, and that is what he still needs. Yeah. On Mkhitaryan, um, Ertzil is very keen to join United. Mourinho is probably going to look for a creative player who can play centrally, alleviate the burden on Pogba and, and Lukaku. Um, that's not really a ring endorsement for Mkhitaryan. Do you think he needs to be properly dropped now? Because he was taken out of the team at Huddersfield, but it did feel at the time as though Mourinho felt he needs a rest already in for... Uh, the Tottenham and Chelsea games but he didn't perform in either of those but it's been a weird one hasn't it because like last season when everyone thought he was playing really well yeah. he couldn't get in the team and now everyone's saying he should be dropped and he's still getting picked every yeah. single week yeah. I honestly think yeah he does need to be dropped and maybe not just for one game like a couple of games and then see how he improves on the training pitch and then maybe that's going to send more of a lesson to him if he keeps playing as poorly as he's been playing and just walk straight back into the starting yeah. lineup. How's that any motivation to to change ha- to change how he's doing? Because I, his performances in the last few weeks haven't been good enough. But and for me, he wouldn't have been get, getting back in the starting eleven. So yeah, I do think he needs to be dropped, not permanently, and not saying kick him out of the team forever or anything extreme like that. But a couple of games might might help him out. Is he not a measure of where you are, t- where United are right now? As in. I suppose Mourinho looks and thinks, well, who's actually better? You know, is Matter going to make more of a difference if I play him? Mm. I'm not convinced he would. I'm not convinced he'd offer as as much as Mkhitaryan offers. Um, I, I would still like to see uh, a front three of Lukaku, Rashford, and Marshall, despite <laughs> despite the fact that um, Rashford may not be ideal on the right hand side. I just think he's a good player. You can play sticking where you want. Um, I th- that's that's what I'd like to see. Um, and I suppose that's where the interest in Ozil comes from, in the fact that he is better, as the type of player he is, better than anything United have got. Um, uh, well, yeah, I think so. I know, I know that Arsenal fans would say Did otherwise. He, I mean, um, when he played at City, he got a lot of flack for yeah. just going missing again. Yeah, he did, Which yeah. is you know, kind of what Mkhitaryan's been doing in the yeah. big games as well. I've seen those last two games that he played at City, and both times uh, there's been a point in the game where I've actually looked just to check he hadn't been taken off. And yeah. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't even say that for like comic effect I genuinely thought is Ozil still on the pitch yeah. but I think he's done it more than Mkhitaryan has already I th- I th- there is some stats I know, I know that you can only take so much from the stats I think you told me Charlotte the other week about Mkhitaryan's stats which didn't back up my own thoughts on him you know, generally you trust what you see yeah. but um, his stats are much better than what I see you know, with my eyes um, I think Ozil his stats were really complex comparable to De Bruyne's this season so that's the kind of impact really? that's yeah. how misleading it, stats yeah exactly be. in terms of um, genuine chances he created he created it was either the same or just ever so slightly fewer it, it was it was ridiculous and you're thinking right well this is the guy who everyone says doesn't impact games yeah. enough so I, 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 I suppose that is a measure of the people around him at Arsenal maybe if you had the people at City but they link up with Pogba well exactly exactly I'd, He's not necessarily my choice, I've got to say, <laughs> if we were going for a number no. 10. But he is better 
than I think anything United have got. And I know Charlotte is a huge fan of Juan Mata, and I quite like him as well. But I genuinely don't see Juan Mata as a key member of a United team that wins the title. Um, squad member, maybe not squad not member. like a starting. Yeah, but then if you if you if you are building if you rebuilding your team, he's not going to make the cut, is he? He's not. I think yeah. he was almost ideal for where United have been, which is kind of like in between building to something, but not genuine challenges for anything serious. And he's done a job there and been a bit of a hero during that period. But now that we're onto the serious stuff. You know, moving, building a team that's going to actually challenge this city side. Is one matter in your starting eleven? No. Is Mkhitaryan? No. And there's two straight away. <laughs> we'll see if one matters too nice for Manchester United, yeah, maybe. Possibly. Maybe. I think Chelsea suited him really well, didn't it? Until Mourinho came along and and booted him out. I think that was. I think that just seemed to be the perfect fit for him. And I remember when he was there, thinking, "Yeah, oh, he'd be ideal for United." Yeah. And he came, and you started to think. Mm. You know, maybe that's why Chelsea let him go. He's yeah. not as good as Hazard. Yeah, exactly. Well, plenty. Uh, there'll be plenty to talk about next week when United have actually played a couple of games. Uh, we'll leave it there for this week. Uh, thank you very much to James and Charlotte. Uh, thank you very much for listening as well. Uh, if you could give us a rating or a review on iTunes, uh, that would be, be great. Yeah. Don't it, mention the voice. Don't <laughs> take that into consideration. It's a one-off. Uh, but that that always helps with these things and we're also uh, available to our podcasts are also available to subscribe to on Audio Boom as well as all other good uh, podcast outlets thank you very much for listening